0: The Secrets of Technology is brought to you by the StarQuest Production Network and is made possible by our many generous patrons. If you'd like to support the podcast, please visit sqpn.com slash give.
1: I'm Kim Commando, America's digital goddess, and you're listening to the Secrets of Technology podcast. Enjoy.
0: You're listening to the Secrets of Technology. I'm Dom Bettinelli, and you're listening to The Secrets of Technology, where we discuss the technology news that's important to you from a uniquely Catholic point of view. And joining me today on the panel are Father Andrew Kinstetter. Hi, Father Andrew. Hello there. And Pat Scott. Hi, Pat. Greetings and salutations. Uh, folks, I want to start off by suggesting another show on the StarQuest Network that you might also want to listen to called The Catholics of Oz. Uh, and it's not about Dorothy and the Tin Man. and the. <laughs> no, we, t- we mean the other Oz, the real Oz, Australia. We have our great friends, Lindsay, Caroline, and Lino, uh, three great Catholics from uh, the Melbourne area of Australia who have this great podcast called The Catholics of Oz, where they talk about uh, faith, you know, living their faith. They also talk about science. They talk about what's entertaining them, especially a lot of the sorts of things that we all enjoy here, like Doctor Who and Star Wars and Star Trek and... And all kinds of stuff like that. So it's a great podcast, comes out every other week. So check it out, Catholics of Oz, where you get wherever you get uh, podcasts from. But also you can find it at sqpn.com slash Oz, O-Z. So I wanted to start with a little follow-up from last week, which uh, last time we were together, I had mentioned that my wife, Melanie, had uh, given her computer a waterborne illness again. <laughs> and the, uh, I contacted Apple Care because you know, we had Apple Care Plus, and they sent a box, which I received last Wednesday. On Thursday, I packed it up, brought it down to the FedEx drop off. I got notified that they received it on Friday. Sunday, I got a notice saying it was being shipped back to me, and I had it back on Monday. Wow. Yeah. Good as new. They said they replaced the motherboard and some other components, and. I got it all set up on Tuesday, you know, reloaded uh, her apps. And I mean, it's so much easier these days to, I know. to get your stuff going again on a computer. Uh, it's just mm-hmm. everything's in the cloud. So it's just re, so, re uh, log into all your cloud accounts again. I mean, even all of the stuff on her desktop just showed up. That, cause she, that's where she stores all her files is on her desktop. <laughs> and that just showed up. It was it was awesome.
1: Did you do a time machine backup or are you just loading everything from iCloud? Just everything from iCloud. Like I have
0: other backups. I have Backblaze. I have, you know, other backups that I could have gone from. But because I I have got her to save everything either in iCloud or in Dropbox, you know, not on the computer itself, not in the the documents folder as much as possible, she was up and running again right away. And that's kind of a real lesson is, you know, the more you get your save, you, you rely on the cloud services the less that something like this happening takes you out of business for a long period mm-hmm. of time you really can get back up and running again
1: yeah i do want to mention that if somebody's got a lot of applications that aren't stock apple apps having a time machine backup is incredibly beautiful mm-hmm. because yeah. you just plug in the backup and come back in an hour or two and everything is exactly positioned all the settings exactly like it was when it was when it was on the old hard drive
0: yeah that's the big thing. Is if you've got a lot of apps, you got like. If it would have happened to me, I would be a much bigger deal because I have, uh, as Father Corey is always pointing out to me, I have a billion and one apps
1: <laughs> running on my computer. Yeah, so. Right. Um, yeah. So. But that. But even that's great.
0: Yeah, it was very good. I was very happy, very pleased that uh, to get back up running with that. So good, good on Apple for that. All right. So let's talk about our topics for tonight, and our first topic is a very distinctly Catholic topic uh, for the from a technology perspective. And we're going to be talking about Blessed Carlo Acutis. Uh, now, I'm, I'm not sure I'm pronouncing it right, but that's how I pronounce it. A-C-U-I-T-I-S.
2: And, yeah, uh, Acutis is how I've heard it pronounced.
0: Okay, Acutis, yeah. Uh, yeah. He's, he's Italian from uh, the city of Milan. He was 15 years old when he died of leukemia in 2006. And that makes him the first mul- millennial to be raised to the altars, as we say, to be—he's blessed. He's not yet a saint, but he's been beatified. That's the—that's the step just before canonization, and uh, so he's—he's he's sometimes called the millennial patron saint of the internet age, um, and uh, he's an interesting. Can figure. I can I
2: jump in quick with a distinction yeah. here? Uh, you you mentioned the distinction between um, a blessed and a saint. Mm-hmm. And I know when I was in seminary, kind of trying to figure this out, uh, it was confusing to me. I actually have an icon of Blessed John Paul II, and yep. um, so "blessed" is a canonical term, essentially that that says that someone is indeed in heaven, but they cannot be celebrated by the worldwide community on their feast day. It's a local; they can be celebrated locally to where they were. Once they're declared a saint, then they can be added to the to the worldwide. Uh, universal calendar.
0: Okay. So
2: the fact that he's a blessed does mean that he's technically he's in heaven, but he's not yet able to be celebrated on his feast day worldwide.
0: Right. That's a, that's, and it's a, it's an, uh, an important distinction because those, these are important, you know, the church makes distinctions. They are important, but, uh, yeah, it is an important distinction. Um, I think the, one of the big things that for the next step is to have, so to become blessed, you have to have a miracle attributed to your intercession after your death. So, you know, someone prayed for his, for healing or something in his name, you asked him to pray mm-hmm. for them to, to the Lord. Uh, and, and then for canonization, there has to be a second miracle. I'm pretty sure that's how that works. So um, we're just waiting for a second miracle from for Blessed Carlo. And so a few things about him, he why he's. While we're talking about him on the secrets of technology, he was a computer whiz kid. His he was uh, a lot of people said he was a a computer genius. He was really good at coding. He, when he was eleven, he built a, a, a website for of Eucharistic miracles that's still online today. You can actually go visit his website. Mm-hmm. Uh, he w- played video games. He was a big fan of Apple computers, which you know makes sense. And. Uh, <laughs> I mean, as we're Satan. all
2: apple fanboys here yes <laughs> as as
0: all apple fanboys will, will test um yeah,
2: and also uh Star wars fan father, right that's right uh so there there's a there's a video, so he liked to to create videos too, and so uh we'll have a link in the in the show notes that he created it's all in Italian, so I'm not entirely sure what it is, but it's like a minute and a half, it looks like it's an introduction to his maybe his personal website but it's done with the star Wars theme. It's got kind of a, a homage crawl text that he has his name. And yep. and he kind of, he f- uh, put himself in a spaceship and, and it's kind of fun, but it's a, it's a homage to, to star Wars. And um, of course, yeah, me being the star Wars fan, this was like, okay, this is, this is my best friend. Saint now for, <laughs> for all time.
0: It is really cool to have someone who's been, you know, declared blessed who you know is is so much like us in these ways you know that he, he you know he would have a smartphone he was on the internet he uh, liked playing video games he probably was an xbox fan i mean in two thousand two thousand five, 2005 <laughs> you, you might have uh or PlayStation. The,
2: the, the, yeah, actually PlayStation was was what I've read is he was oh, more into, which funny. is my least favorite of the consoles, but
0: <laughs> well, not perfect, you know. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> but like it's it's funny to think about like if you played a online multiplayer game back in 2004 or 5, you might have played against him, you know? And it's it's interesting. I mean, it it's not like it doesn't make him a superhero. And that's a big thing. Like being a being blessed or saint isn't that like a superhero in the sense you you have superpowers because what made him holy is not that he played video games or he liked star wars or all these other things what mm-hmm. made him holy was how he lived his life and loved god and we'll have links to some other uh pages and websites dedicated to him that kind of talk about the sorts of ways he lived and it was pretty awesome um things like from the day he uh, he had made his first communion. He started going to daily mass. Uh, he wanted to, and he prayed the rosary every day. And, um, you know, he he was a uh, apparently a natural jokester, and he would he sort of a class clown. And but when he realized that his by being funny and making everybody laugh that might annoy others like teachers, and so he tried not to be disruptive. You know, very interesting self awareness and in. in the little ways that he tried to live his life to be holier and a better person, mm-hmm. and um, to 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 amend his ways and to always strive to be better, and that's really one of the things that I really like about him is that he's just so normal, you
2: know. Yep. Right, and I I think that's that's key is that you know uh, the the saints that God wants us to be is the men and the women that He made us to be. So to be a saint doesn't mean that I have to like let go of my humanity and become, yeah, like this, this sort of unattainable superhero, but rather God wants to work within our humanity and, and with all the, the hobbies and the, the, the talents that, that he gives us. Um, and what's, what's awesome about blessed Carlo is that, you know, he, he didn't shy away from his kind of geeky fandom stuff, but he kept it in proper order. God was first, and then everything else kind of came below that. One of the things that's interesting about his just his his love of video games is that he would only allow himself to play for an hour a week to prevent himself from becoming a slave to it. So he was a gamer and loved it, but he also recognized that, you know, he he can't become a slave to it. And so he put it in its proper perspective. And so I, I really appreciate that because, I mean, yeah, he's so relatable, especially to my generation. And, you know, and and he can be such a, a witness for us that, you know, we can like Star Wars. We can like all the the geeky things. And none of that is contrary to being the saint that God calls us to be.
1: Well, I'm just going to say, because a lot of times you'll hear people say, well, that's frivolous or that's, you know, that's right. bad. You know, You shouldn't be spending your time on that. And if it's done within proper perspective, it's fine. It's just a mm-hmm. matter of, I think that this is a hope for those that feel like they've been kind of told that their interests aren't important and their interests should be curtailed.
2: Right. I, there was a, a priest friend of mine, um, he was a deacon at the time and I was in seminary and he, he liked to say that um, as long as you're not sinning, God delights in what you delight in.
1: Huh, yeah and i
2: and I loved that because it's there 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 can be this temptation in in all of us as we're striving to to be holy to say, well if it's not explicitly religious or or you know uh connected to the church somehow then then I somehow need to just let it go and not engage in it no actually i mean we're we're called to be you know salt of the earth and and live in the world and uh again you know keep it in proper perspective you know and and as a complete kind of side note, but also in in line with this, that's why I, I have embraced the whole father Fett identity that I, that I run with, you Mm -hmm. know, on, on the secrets of star Wars podcast and on, online. And it's not, um, you know, because I want to elevate that as somehow, you know, the most important thing in the world, but I'm embracing the, the geekiness that God has created in me and ordering it to, to, you know, what I'm, what I'm all about. God first, you know, and then all the all the 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 fun random stuff that falls underneath that.
0: Was it Teresa Vavla who said, "God save us from sour face saints"? You know, yeah. <laughs> and and the idea is is that joy, and mm-hmm. it's one of the things that that really speaks to me for for Star Quest because some people will say, "Well, why do you have podcasts on Star Trek and Star Wars and Doctor Who?" And they're frivolous, or they're they're anti Catholic or anti God. Even I, we've had some some people say things like that and it's mm-hmm. like well no i mean we don't necessarily you know i don't necessarily agree with everything that is advanced or said or or uh, proposed in every episode of every tv show or movie that we discuss but we delight in the good things we delight in the, the 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 creativity and the hopefulness and the truth that is found there and i think that's an element that we see in blessed carlo is you know, he he kept things in their right order and saw things for what they were and enjoyed them for what God had made for him. And uh, th- that's what I love. And my one of my favorite uh, Beati saints is Blessed Piero Giorgio Frasati. I've had a devotion to him for many years, a couple decades now, uh, actually getting close to three. And uh, uh, I I built a West we can attack the first website devoted to Blessed Piero Giorgio on the Internet was the one I built. In 1996, mm. uh, in my AOL space, where you could go personal web <laughs>
2: pages. Oh, yes,
0: I was there. And, Is it uh, still there? Yeah, it, No, it's but it's still online. It's on my website now, oh, betnet.com okay. slash frizati. And uh, the thing I loved about him was he was a normal guy. He was a regular dude. He struggled with, yep. with his schoolwork. He liked to hang out with his friends and drink wine and smoke cigars and go mountain climbing and skiing and, and pray and go to mass and... You know, he was politically active. He struggled with his, you know, his parents, not understanding him and all that sort of stuff. And that's what this is. Saints, it. I love I love our all our, our saints, but, you know, saints from a thousand years ago are harder to relate to than yep. saints from today. And that's one of the things I like about it is, is you know, I don't know how St. Francis would really deal with the internet and cell phones and probably would throw them all away, but maybe not the best example, but, you know, other saints, you know, would deal with these things. But, you know, I know how blessed Carlo did and how he integrated that into being living, striving for holiness. And and so Mm -hmm. that's, that's why I love to that we could promote his, his uh, cause and his example here on, on our show.
1: It kind of reminds me of the uh, was it Brother Andre? No, I'm trying to remember that talked about the sanctification of daily, the day to day. You know, the pots and the pans and the oh, that was Brother Lawrence. Brother that's Lawrence, that was. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Any rate, uh, of just the every day can be made holy, and right. that's mm-hmm. what we're called to do.
0: Mm-hmm. Was it Saint Bonaventure? That speaking of making the everyday holy, Saint Bonaventure was one of the great saints in the in the the uh, the Reformation age the, around the Council of Trent. And uh, he was a a monk, and he'd been named by the pope to be a cardinal. And this delegation of cardinals came to the monastery to tell him about this great honor that the pope had bestowed on him. And he was—he made them wait till he was finished washing dishes before. (laughs) Like, you know, humility first. Humility first. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, that's that is awesome. So we'll have a bunch of links in the show notes to the different things you can see read about uh Blessed Carlo but I really encourage you to find out more about him if you have if you have kids who are millennials and younger especially let you know introduce them to him and uh, let them let them know that there it, it is possible be holy possible to be holy and live in the 21st century
1: and yes. if you have a website, he's your patron saint.
0: <laughs> exactly. And when you're having tech problems, pray yeah. for his intercession. I know I will be doing a lot of that. <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: I think we do need to mention the the quote that you have in, oh, in yes. the notes distributed to him, though, because I think it sort of encapsulates everything that we've been talking about, is is that this quote is attributed to him. He said, we are born as originals, but too many die as photocopies. Right. So an appropriately techie quote. But yes. at the same time, it's it's. You know, we're called to be the saints that God created us to be. And, and we shouldn't try to be somebody different. We should be ourselves.
0: Yes. Be ours, be yourself. Be the person God made you to be. Don't try to be what others are. You know, don't mm-hmm. try. Don't conform yourselves to what St. Paul said. Don't conform yourselves to this world. You know, to be, be original. Be authentic. I mean, frankly, that's one of the, the key phrases of today in social media, right? People value yeah. authenticity. Yep. So
1: he's the saint of the authentic. <laughs> he's the saint of authenticity.
0: Yes. Well, well all of them are really. <laughs> awesome. So, uh, blessed Carlo, pray for us. And uh, may you be elevated to the uh, to the altars as Saint Carlo soon. All right, before we move on, I want to take a moment to thank our patrons who make it possible for us to create the secrets of technology, including Dell M., Victoria M., Rex K., Alan E., and Barbara T., their generous donations at sqpn.com slash give make it possible for us to continue The Secrets of Technology and all the shows at StarQuest. You can join them by visiting sqpn.com slash give. So uh, we have uh, our next dis- bit of discussion stems from something current events we th- <laughs> throughout the, the second half of our show because this just came up in the last 24 hours before we we're recording this. And uh, we really need to talk about it because this really intersects with our mission which is to talk about technology from a distinctly catholic perspective and it's well it's the case of the monsignor Borrell, who has recently resigned as the general secretary of the us conference of catholic bishops and that was a very important position in the united in the in the united states in the catholic church in the united states and he resigned after the the pillar catholic uh, it's it's a news organization they have a website pillarcatholic.com they ran a story about how they they obtained data that showed he was using uh, a particular app for for which is used for uh in- encounters of a particular sort <laughs> i'm i'm trying to be uh just in case kids are too listening some of this is is not kid friendly but uh, it 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 was it's solely used for encounters of a particular sort which would be in violation of the uh, vows that Monsignor Beryl took to be, as a priest. And they obtained this data that showed that he was using this app and that he had gone to places where uh, a priest should not normally go, or frankly, no uh, practicing Catholic uh,
2: should, should no be going. one should be going to these places. Exactly.
0: So um, I wanted to, to, ha- to have a discussion about this, not because I want to talk about, What Monsignor Barril did, I think that is clear cut. That what he did was wrong, and and um, if if the if what is alleged is true, was immoral, and he did the right thing by resigning his post. Uh, But that's a whole that's a whole different part of it. I want to talk about the technology aspect of this because there's been a lot of people talking about it, a lot of misinformation, and a lot of people who don't seem to understand how their smartphones and the internet work. And we've talked a mm-hmm. lot about mm-hmm. that here. And so I want to go over this again. Uh, the, according to the pillar, they're a little vague on some of the details, but the what they tell said is that they obtained someone gave them data which was purchased legally from a data mining broker that was anonymized, did not have identifying information. But what it did have was times, dates, and locations and unique identifiers for particular phones. And someone was able to take that information and correlate it with Montenegro Barril's known locations at those dates and times, including his residence that's owned by the USCCB and the USCCB offices and various meetings around the country. And there's enough of these data points to say that this is, you know, nearly certainly. Monsignor Borel in his phone, and the data indicated also that he was using this particular app and going to some of these other particular places that, that like like I mentioned, and some people have are under the misapprehension that that's this data was obtained illicitly that that it's a, a, you know this massive invasion of privacy, and I'm here to tell you this this data like this on all of us. Mm -hmm. When if you have a cell phone and you sign into apps like Facebook and Twitter and any of these others, Instagram and all of them, this sort of data about where you were at what times and what places is out there. And so I want to just put that out there first. So and we can talk about other aspects of also how to how we can safeguard our data. But I just want to put that out there first and see if you if you all have any anything you want to add to
1: that aspect of it. Well, it's, it's a known fact that, they, you know, a lot of people have, have been able to track people even with this anonymous data. Like, I know that there was a, a situation where uh, servicemen who were supposedly, you know, n- their whereabouts weren't supposed to be known, mm-hmm. but they were using particular exercise apps and the location data was available from the app, through anonymized sources. And so they could tell where where there were bases, where were people using these apps to exercise. And therefore, that could be a sign of that. Hey, there's there's some uh, forces over there.
0: Right. The secret uh, special forces, I think CIA bases in, the, in Asia, I think it was like near not in Afghanistan, but in countries around it, where no one knew that we had bases there. And suddenly all of these U.S.-based people U.S. based phones were showing up exercising in these places. I think it was Strava or something, but I wasn't I wasn't sure if that's exactly what it was. But it was one of those apps. And you know, when you work out, you can have your 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 uh, your data go up on this website, and it includes GPS data. And there was a huge thing at the Pentagon afterwards about talking about you know locking down your your data leakage, so that this sort of stuff doesn't get out there. But but this sort of thing, you know. These apps have, for years, lots of these apps for years have been packaging up the data and selling it off. What was the one, the uh, the movie one where you could buy? Fandango. No, it was the one that was like had that really sketchy business model where you got a debit card that you could use to buy
1: unlimited Ooh. movie passes. Oh yeah, it was a movie pass of movie some pass. sort. Yeah. yeah, and and people really took advantage of it, and and. Yeah. Uh, it was really like,
0: like you paid five bucks and you got hundreds of dollars worth of movie tickets for, for nothing. And it's like, how is that sustainable? Well, it wasn't because they're out of business now, but they were also selling huge amounts. They were tracking you from the moment you opened that app, they were tracking your data where you were going and like what restaurants you went to before the mm-hmm. movie and all this other stuff that it turned out that they were tracking on people, like mm. like all this nefarious stuff. Now, a lot of this stuff isn't possible anymore. We could talk about how that's changing as these companies like Google and Apple start uh, keep locking things down. But a lot of these apps were able to get so much data from you and it's, it's, there's less of it now. But you just have to realize is that the apps and taking extreme measures. You just have to assume any website I, that I go to, any app that I open, anything I do in those apps, and anywhere I take my phone, where, where with an app active, uh, is is a is going to be recorded somewhere. That's just a fact.
2: And I think it's important to to remember that because I think so many people are just unaware of that. And how many times do we just click through the terms of service without uh-huh. reading all? And, and nobody's going to read it. I mean, it is. It's rarely you're going to have anybody who actually reads that. But how many of those even just even even normal apps, I mean, not even just kind of the the weird, obscure or or the bad apps, how many of them in their terms of service that we're agreeing to say that they are going to, you know, take our our private data and our, our location data. And that's that's where this is going is because we have given them permission to take it and then to sell it.
1: On the opposite side, I've had a lot of people who are are concerned about this legitimately. And so when they go to their phones and they disable a lot of the stuff that uh, is, uh, you know, an app may ask for location data. And then they come to me and say, but I can't use Google Maps to go anywhere or I can't log into this because (laughs) it says it won't show me anything on the app. Yeah, well, you know, there's convenience versus privacy. Right, and it's always that balance. And so, yeah, you don't really want to cripple yourself. On the other hand, you ha- you don't be uh, merrily saying yes to everything and letting that flashlight get your contacts.
0: That's so. Let's talk about ways we can protect some of our data. And one of the things is, yeah, whenever you open, you know, install a new app, uh, and you should probably occasionally go through your apps to to double check these in the in your preferences. But whatever you install app, it usually has to ask permissions for various things. And one of the things it asks for is, can you know, often is, uh, can I track your location? And I, at least on iOS, you can tell it only while I have the app open or track me all the time. Oh, it is rare that I tell it, I say an app can track me even when the app is not mm-hmm. open. Uh, very rare. It has to be a very specific kind of app. But there's a few like, uh, that, I, that I allow that for, but very few um and for and for many i'm like why do you need to track my location and you know they'll sometimes say oh it's for this really cool feature and i'm like not cool enough thanks uh and i say no uh, so there's that there's and then if it asks for microphone or camera ability that's an even less likely unless you it's an, unless it's In a context. camera app yeah um but yeah the 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 location data is a big one uh, Apple is building into iOS 15, and uh, it, and has plans in the future to really keep locking this stuff down to anonymize. So they they were able to um, to, to to get the uh, I got like three things coming out at once. <laughs> Let me back up my brain. Um, when you're when you're in an app, and logged into an app or a website there is no anonymizing that the phone can do for you because you've you've given them permission to be, you know, open. And, you know, this is what you're doing in the app. Now, -hmm. if you lock down location data, you know, the location that, you know, if you can't check your location, then the app can't say, you know, you were here, you were here, you were here. And that's one of the things... That uh, And I don't mean to say, like, uh, this as a way for people to go do things they shouldn't be doing, right. frankly, or to not get caught doing things that, you know, you you shouldn't be doing.
2: Well, but this could do, I mean, this could just be a, a I mean, a safeguard if you I mean, if someone was stalking you or someone was, you know, I right. mean, it's, it's not just this is how to get around location tracking to be nefarious. This is just to be safe. be safe. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah.
0: You don't have to necessarily be. You know, just because you want your data to be secure and not leaking all over the place doesn't mean you're guilty of anything. And that's that's, right. that's a fallacy right. that we've got to nip in the bud. Right. Um, we have a right to to be secure in our in in our location and what we're doing. It's not anybody's necessarily anybody else's business. You know, if, if you're going to do it in such a way that other people can see, just like walking down the street and someone taking a picture of you doing something you shouldn't be doing. And if you're out in public, that's you, well, you did a thing that was public. And that's essentially what, what the data tracking is is essentially public. So if you want to be private, you have to lock things down. Uh, I mean, I I hope you can tell I feel torn about some of this because I, I don't want this to be a way for people to do things that they ought not do. But I also want people to be secure in the use of their data and the use of their technology and to understand how it works, at least. I think that's the important thing. We need to understand how it works and, and what kind of data we're, we're putting out there. And then you make your own decisions based on it. The other thing, and, and this I, I was reading, by the way, this is the first big case of someone in a, a large institution being, you know, losing their job based on this sort of data. I, I saw a couple of news agencies saying this. Hmm. Uh, so it's, this, is, uh, this, this is a big deal even outside of, the, of Catholic circles.
2: Well, and that was because of his prominence in the USCCB and right. I mean, his public, the public nature of who he is. They were able to correlate the data. Yeah. Easier.
0: Right. If this were parish priest, you know, A, I don't think it's it's a it's a real story then. Uh, and B, I'm not sure you could correlate the data like that. I mean, his in his position, he was traveling all over the country. And going right. to all of these meetings and public schedules, yeah, yeah. He had public schedules that you could check. I'm not sure this is the sort of thing you could do with a chairman of the parish council, or you know, <laughs> the guy who owns the the hardware store, that sort of thing, or you know, your pastor. But I'm not sure that it, it's as big a deal. I mean, I saw one person who compared his position to be like the highest ranking non bishop in the U.S., which I'm not. We don't we don't really rank. Yeah, things that way. But sure, the fact that he was in charge of particular policies and the implementation of policies that were kind of related to the, the things he was doing wrong, I think it's relevant. Again, I didn't really want to get into that that aspect yeah. of this thing. So mainly, I just want people to be aware that your fo- this isn't his phone wasn't hacked. His, you know, they didn't break into any uh, data this information is out there and already already being bought and sold. That's an important point to this. This information is, is out there and is being bought and sold and being used in non-public, non-transparent ways, non-accountable ways by commercial entities or business entities or, gosh, people who want to blackmail people. So, I mean, there's, there's, it's important to realize that this data is out there.
2: I also want to point out. I I I don't want us to just cause all our listeners to go into a panic and be scared either. Right. A lot of the location stuff is very very helpful and is is a very good thing. I mean, like, yeah, Google Maps or Apple Maps. Like, I would I would be lost without without using location services for that. Or, uh, you know, in particular things like, um, at least in in the Apple ecosystem, the Find My app. Right. You know, and I know Android has something similar. So like, you know, when I when I go home, my mom can see my location as I'm driving home, so she knows, you You're know, okay. that I'm yeah. Yep, yep. So I mean, it, it it is one of these things that I mean, you can go paranoid on the one side and just not use any of it, and that's that's perfectly fine, but then there are some really good and useful ways to to use it that's not 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 nefarious and not inherently unsafe either.
0: Right. Right. Very good. Thank you. Yeah, that is that is true. There's another news story that came out this week that wasn't related specifically to Catholic things, but semi-related about the Pegasus spyware uh, from this company, uh, a non-U.S. company that sells this software, they said, to law enforcement and military and governments to track down criminals and terrorists. Well, it turns out that this software got out into the hands of other people, Well, some governments that are oppressive and others who then used it to target the phones of journalists and activists and and that sort of thing. And the the software, which works iOS and Android to take over the phone, turn on the the microphone remotely, turn on the camera. I mean, this is full on take spy, spyware sort of uh, take over everything sort of high tech Stuff. This is it, it, and it takes advantage of certain exploits that are uh, that have been discovered and not been fixed by either Apple or Google. Which is why you always, as soon as an update comes through, update your phone. Always Mm -hmm. keep your phone as up to date as possible because every update fixes these kinds of bugs. So, ninety nine point nine nine percent of people do not need to worry about this spyware because it it's very expensive, only used by nation state sorts of. Uh, people and and unless you're a journalist in one of these places or an activist, you don't really need to worry. But I bring it up because it it brings to mind like th- their assurance that oh you know this is only supposed to be used by good the good guys, and it it reminds me that you, Apple was right several years ago when the FBI wanted them to build in a back a law enforcement backdoor into iOS, and Apple refused. Oh, Mm -hmm. but we'll hold the key and we'll never use it except when we really, really have to for really bad guys. I'm sorry. As soon as a backdoor exists, it's going to get out and it's going to get used and it's going to get abused. Better to not have the backdoor at all and use old fashioned and still effective criminal investigative techniques to fight crime. And Mm, and that are still valid. So I just wanted to make make that point about the Pegasus spyware. Anything else we want to say in this topic? I do want to encourage listeners, if you have questions about the technology aspects of this story, we would love to take them. We pro- we probably won't again discuss the the moral and and administrative and other aspects of that of the story. That's for other sorts of venues. But we we will talk about the technology aspects of this. Uh, as much as we can based on what information is out there. I will say I I have a I have background in journalism uh, myself. I, I worked for various different Catholic news outlets over the years. I wish I knew more about there was more transparency about where this data came from, who procured it, who bought it, who researched it, why did they do it, what's the agenda? Their motivations,
1: yeah. Right. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, I'm not saying that there's anything nefarious, but I think you know, light shining in the darkness is always better than the darkness. You know, right. I, I think transparency is always better, and I would like a little more transparency in this area uh, to find out what's going on behind the scenes here because it, it does. It's disturbing. It does, it, it, yeah, it should be. We we should know more about this. Uh, you know, it doesn't excuse anything on on the on the one hand, but uh, I would like to know more about what's really what really happened here. I think, I think that's enough of that. <laughs> uh, well, uh, we, uh we'll, uh, like I said, we'll love to hear, hear from you and get your, take your questions, uh, at technology at SQPN.com. All right, so let's move on to our picks of the week. Pat, why don't you go first with your pick of the week?
1: Well, as some people may have realized, I do like virtual reality. <laughs> uh, and uh one of the uh things about the ocu- all of the headsets is when you have them on it becomes very difficult if you're a glasses wearer especially if you have very poor vision now if you need your glasses just for reading you might not need to have your glasses on when when you're uh using the Oculus depending upon where your vision is weak but for for me If I try to wear it without my glasses, I've got a blurry screen, and that's about all I can see. So I've been struggling with this since October, Uh, putting my glasses on and then pulling off the headset and having the glasses get stuck in there and being worried about them scratching and getting little discs to put in there to keep them spaced far enough that it won't scratch the lenses of the Oculus or scratch my glasses. Uh, so I finally, I've been watching the uh, a lot of the forums or the uh, the groups on, on uh, Facebook about this. And finally took the plunge and ordered a set of uh, lenses. And they're very, very easy. You basically send them your prescription for your glasses. And then they send you back a set of lenses and a little thing that clips inside the where the glasses the lens normally is inside the oculus. And basically these are magnetic. There are others that are clipping on a different way, but these you have a little uh circle around the eye hole so to speak, and then you just just drop the lens, the appropriate right and left lenses on top of it and it magnet magnetically attaches. And therefore if you need to take them out when somebody else is going to be using the headset, you just reach in, pull the tab and they're out. So let me tell you, I have never seen things clearer. There's no blur. There's not that horrible try to find the sweet spot. It's all pretty good. And I don't have to worry about scratching the lenses uh, as as much. I mean, obviously, if you, you get in there and scratch it, you've got a problem even with your, your prescription lenses but uh it's it's a it's just a real relief <laughs> and these are not just for the quest uh there these places make them for all of the virtual reality headsets some of the places uh charge more depending upon what your prescription is the one i chose did not it basically says you know whatever your prescription is we'll make them and uh they these were well reviewed by a lot of people. And there's about four or five different companies out there that make them. Some of them get them to you within a week and others are, you know, mine took several weeks because they were backlogged because they were so popular. And which one did you choose? I chose Reloptix, R-E-L-O-P-T-I-X. They're in Colorado. They're in the U.S. and in Colorado. And uh, evidently they've become so popular that they were several weeks backlogged and a major piece of equipment broke. And so they had to get that fixed before they could gear up to finish their orders. So that was really what happened. But I'm very happy with them. But there's some other ones called... VR Wave and uh, the VR optician, and there's several others out there that are all good. But I, for those people who have that very niche of a problem of wearing glasses with a headset, guess what? There's help.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, I I'm uh, in the same boat. I have glasses, and whenever I put the headset on, I'm always I'm constantly grabbing the stems and pushing it forward or back. You know, because and then it, it pushes on your your cheeks, and yeah, yeah. or it pushes on my like my um eyelashes and it's like, ah, I don't like it. And then I have to push it forward and, and then it gets foggy. And yeah. So I've actually, I ordered some lenses from roll optics myself. Oh, did you? Okay. Yeah. They're, they are
1: backward. Like you yes, said, I know, so, but it was uh, well, worth waiting for, for me. Yeah.
0: I'm looking forward to that. Cause it's, it, it will be so much better to, to not have to, cause it is a pain to, to try to get the, the headset on over your glasses without, actually smudging the glasses. That's the other thing. It's like, oh, and I get to take it off again to so clean the glasses. So I'm looking forward to to, to the, getting that. It'll be much better. Excellent. I'm
2: just chuckling because I can't relate.
0: I know, <laughs> right? You don't have any glasses. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Just wait. Just wait. I didn't wear glasses Sunday, until I was 40. <laughs> yeah. I, I got my glasses when I turned 40. So uh, anyway. So
2: Father Edgy, what's your pick? So my pick is a... I guess I would you would call it an online service, but it 's sort of an online storage service of sorts but mm-hmm. um, to kind of give give the background, um, how many times have people in general like read a, a an article online and then forgot to bookmark it, forgot to save it, and then months later you 're trying to remember dang it, what was that article that I read two months mm-hmm. ago? And I just and of course, then you can't find it because you have to try to search back through all sorts of things. So my pick of the week is this online service called Pocket. So the idea is that it's sort of like if you're reading a news article, you can just click a button and save it to your pocket and you can just collect. I mean, you can collect news articles, you can collect videos, you can collect websites. It's I mean, it's anything online you can save into your virtual pocket and then it kind of stores it all in one one spot and you can go back and and look things up later that you saved. And if you wanted to, you know, kind of deep dive into it later and you don't have time, you can save it to your pocket and come back to it later. Um, I remembered it today because that's actually um, as we were going to talk about Blessed Carlo Acutis, I had saved some Catholic news articles um, from back in October when he was uh, declared a blessed and I had saved those in pocket. So I was Ah, able to pull those back up. Uh, without having to, to Google search and try to find everything. So um, definitely a, a handy tool um, for those of you who like to to save new, news articles or, or any sort of kind of mm-hmm. um, online content in one in one spot. And so it is free. There is a premium version and I've never actually used the premium version, yeah. but um, the free version is very, very competent for kind of what I what I use it for.
1: And is it an app or a web-based it's, uh, so,
2: service? Yep, so it's an app. You can use it on your iOS, Google. Um, You can download it on the Mac. Um, It's also, you can access it just through an internet browser. You can pull up all your Pocket articles. There
1: are extensions. Um, and stuff. Uh, yep. There's yeah. extensions with Chrome, yep. et cetera. No yep. yep, yep, yep.
2: Because then, then it's just a simple matter of, like, if you pull it up on your phone, you just hit the little, like, share button and tell it to open in Pocket, and it'll send it to Pocket or... Mm-hmm. The, you know, the extensions on your Internet browser will do the same thing once you have it downloaded onto your computer.
0: Yeah, these read it latest services are are fantastic. They're a lifesaver. Uh, you don't want to be the the like me where I used to save 70, like had 70 tabs cause, oh, in my mm-hmm. browser because, you know, I'm going to read all that yep. someday. And yep. then the browser is <laughs> like, why is it so slow? <laughs> I <can't laughs> wonder. And yeah. And so this is just save it in pocket. Come back and look at it later. Well, my pick is a little piece of hardware that I got, uh, a review. Uh, just to, for a full disclosure, I got this as a for, for, um, review copy. I, end, I get to keep it, but I have to pay taxes on, on the market value at some point. Um, but this is the Logitech Combo Touch keyboard case for iPad. Uh, iPad 7th and 8th generation, iPad Air 3rd gen, and iPad Pro 10.5 inch. And it is a keyboard case so there's a case that goes around the ipad there's a keyboard that connects to the bottom it has a trackpad which is very nice because ios 14 uh, added some really good trackpad functionality and ios 15 is going to have even more of that Uh, and the best part is is it uses the smart connector
1: which a lot of so
0: it's not bluetooth it doesn't it and it gets its power from the ipad And it's instantaneous response. So by that, I mean, with Bluetooth, whenever I had my Bluetooth keyboard uh, attached to my iPad, you know, you'd tap a key, you have to wait for it to wake up and make the Bluetooth connection, and then you could go. This is instantaneous. As soon as you touch a key, it's active because it's connected uh, through the smart connector. Uh, And it pops on and off really easy. Like you can, it's just magnetically held on to, to it. So when i want to put my ipad in the 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 holder that i have in the bathroom so while i'm uh, shaving i can uh watch um mac break weekly that's that's what i do when i when i'm shaving is i watch mac break weekly uh, <laughs> and so i can put it in the holder on the wall and i don't have the keyboard in the way and uh you can even fold it around backwards and put the keyboard on the back or just you know carry it around without the keyboard um so the i had some pros and cons that i wanted to mention uh, about it and let me i forgot to pull those up before so let me pull those up now so the the pro is yeah the smart connector the instant response no bluetooth lag it's very lightweight very slim that's another big thing the my previous logitech create case i had for one of my older ipads was felt very bulky in, in fact the, the previous case i had was pretty bulky so i didn't really i i, I like it had nice and slim it has like a fabric feel to the uh, to the you know, the wrist rest on the keyboard, and that feels nicer than just regular plastic. The, a couple of cons, the kickstand. So it it doesn't stand up on its own. You have to have, there's like, like a fold-out kickstand, sort of like the surfaces do the Microsoft Surface. So it folds up from the back and it rests on it. That's not great for like if you want to sit on your lap, or mm-hmm. uneven surfaces, so I don't love that aspect of it. It's all right. I'm I'm sort of adapting to that. Uh, and there's no Apple Pencil holder, like like even a loop to slide it in. I mean, it'll 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 um you can put it on the magnetic part of the iPad like Apple wants you to do. I just that never feels secure to me. I I even I had my last case had when you close the iPad there was a magnetic thing that would uh, flap around and hold. The keyboard case closed and hold the Apple Pencil on. So that felt a little more secure. This is the Apple Pencil just kind of hanging out there. I don't, I don't, I don't love that. Um, but those are minor. Those are very small compared to just how well it works and how much I like it. So um, this is the Logitech Combo Touch uh, keypad, uh, keyboard case. Excellent. So I think that about does it for now. Um, we would love to hear your feedback on anything we've talked about today. Like I said about the uh, the tech, big data technology mining uh, thing with Monsignor Burrill or uh, Blessed Carlo, if you want to hear more about that or respond to that. We'd love to hear your responses there. You can let us know by commenting on the show at sqpn.com slash technology or the SQPN Facebook page, facebook.com slash Media, or send an email to technology at sqpn.com. And you can find links from our discussion and our picks of the week on our show notes at sqpn.com. You can follow The Secrets of Tech in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, any place you can get podcasts from, or at our SQPN YouTube channel, where you should also hit the bell to get notifications. Until next time, Pat Scott, thank you for joining me and sharing The Secrets of Technology. Thanks for letting me be here. And Father Andrew Kinstetter, thank you as well. Always a pleasure. And once again, I'm Dom Bethanelli. Thank you for listening to The Secrets of Technology on StarQuest.